One of the benefits of doing case or character studies like this is to be able to see God's hand. Um, It's kind of like it would be akin to one of the benefits of studying science is to see God's hand in action in the physical world. Science is not in opposition or in addition to God's work. It is literally learning how God does it. God created science. The same with any character study. These great heroes of the faith are not in opposition or in addition to God's work. It is God's work. God works through people, and so as we study them, it's like, that's how God did it. And that's how he can accomplish great things through ordinary people. And it's a challenge and an encouragement to us to see these ordinary people who have become legends are a lot like me and you. And God can use us as well. And God uses ordinary people every day. Tonight, we're going to look at the famous Lottie Moon. Starting with her family, um, Lottie Moon's parents were Edward Harris Moon and Oriana Maria Barclay, or better known as Anna Maria Barclay. Now, they married in October 16th of 1830. And Lottie Moon's family comes from a very wealthy background. Um, her grandfather was a captain and was one of the wealthiest men in the county of Virginia that they are from. The plantation that she is from is Viewmont, Virginia, known to some famous presidents who lived there, Thomas Jefferson being one of them. And she grew up um, having plenty. I mean, they weren't necessarily, you know, the snobby type, but they were very well off, and it was a lot of it was inherited money from her grandfather, who owned most of the land in that Virginia area, that Virginia county. Lottie was one of 11 children. Thomas B., the first sibling, was born in 1831. Oriana Russell known as Ori, was born in 1834. Isaac Anderson, known as Ike, was born in 1836. J.B., the fourth sibling, died in infancy, June 27, 1838. Julia B. died just before her third birthday, on July 9, 1842. Charlotte Diggs, known as Lottie Moon, was born 1840. They had another son after her who died at birth, July 28, 1842. Sarah Coleman, known as Sally or Collie, was born 1843. They had another daughter, that was a stillborn, July 7, 1847. Mary, known as Molly, was born 1848. And Edmonia Harris, known as Eddie, was born in 1851. Their family is a lot like our family in the sense that we have nicknames for everybody. Lottie is not her real name. It is literally the ending of Charlotte. Lottie Moon. Charlotte Moon. And she probably spelled it L-O-T-T-E, but we all spell it L-O-T-T-I-E today. But that's what her friends and family knew her as, even growing up. Again, she was born December 12, 1840, and she received the name Charlotte Diggs from her grandfather on her father's side who married William Moon. That's where the Moon name comes into the play. 
for that family. Lottie lived to the age of 72, which is the longest lifespan of all her siblings, with the exception that the death of her sister Sarah Coleman is an unknown date. You know, a lot of those siblings died either at infancy or by the age of three. So 72 is very significant for that family. Lottie Moon was short in stature, but not in personality. She is listed in some sources as being four foot nine inches. But Catherine Allen tells the story of a 15-year-old American girl who spent some time with Miss Moon and noticed that Lottie was able to walk under her outstretched arm. 15-year-old girl. The young American woman noticed that Lottie's feet rarely touched the floor whenever she sat in a chair. In their time together, Miss Moon shared her actual height with the young girl, and it became apparent that four foot nine inches was a bit exaggerative for a woman who was actually four foot three inches. She was adamant about being seated while being photographed, that is, if she allowed a picture of her at all. If you'll notice, a lot of the pictures you see of her are of her sitting down. Lottie and her sisters and her family were very educated. Again, they came from an affluent family. Um, They attended the best schools available to them at the time. Her sister, Orianne, became the first woman physician in Virginia. Later, that same sister did medical missions in Jerusalem with the Church of Christ. Lottie was no exception to excellence and showed skills in specifically in languages. She was one of the first women in the South to receive a master's degree. After the Civil War, which during that time kept her kind of at bay at home, but after that time she taught in Kentucky and in Georgia. As time went on, she started to feel... Um, the Lord tugging on her heart. As a young woman, Lottie did not like religion. She would avoid chapel at all costs. Her family was religious. Um, Her mother was an adamant Baptist and would instill in the kids the values of religion. But Lottie was not interested. Until the age of 16, when the Lord saved Lottie Moon, and started her journey of becoming a missionary. After hearing her pastor preach there in Virginia, a missions-emphasized sermon in February of 1873, Lottie Moon went public with her call to do mission work and stated, I have long known that God wanted me in China. Those who knew Lottie showed, um, recognized her as this very prominent woman. She showed great promise as a missionary. One leading missionary of North China, T.P. or Tarleton Perry Crawford, wrote specifically to the Foreign Mission Board about Lottie Moon. And he said that she will prove a true missionary or I'm a poor judge of character. Mrs. Crawford, his wife, also commented on her character. Miss Lottie Moon, she says, is a highly cultivated, very pious, self-sacrificing woman. Miss Moon, or Lottie's main work on the mission field, was in China. 
And she started first in Tengchow, China, where in part she did uh, work for a girls' school. Her sister, Edmonia, also served in Tengchow, China, and was there the year right before Lottie first hit the field. Now, Edmonia, her sister, um, kept urging Lottie to come to the field because she beat her to the field first and even employed T.P. Crawford to convince her to come to China and to um, come serve the Lord there. So one year after her sister arrived, um, Lottie Moon showed up in Tengchow, China. Her hardest endeavors, however, may have been after she moved to the remote village of Pingtu, where she labored for most of her life and many of her years. While in Pingtu, the remoteness of that village, the scarcity of other believers, the scarcity of people that she knew really weighed on her. It was a very lonely time for Lottie. At one point, she wrote to the Foreign Mission Board, I hope no missionary will ever be as lonely as I have been. Lottie was 14 years into service before receiving a regular furlough. That's a long time in the 1800s China. She was not initially accepted, um, but Lottie was so persistent and knew the importance of spreading the gospel that even in a remote village where the conditions were not desirable, she was patient and won the hearts of the people. She took on their cultures and didn't just bring something to the people. She became part of that people, won their trust over time. And then she had the privilege of being able to share the gospel, which she was so passionate about, to these people. One of the endearing things that she did to the people of China was uh, the way that she baked cookies. And they smelled those cookies as... They passed by her dwelling place, and you can actually get that recipe um, probably on the International Mission Board's website. Bill actually just told me that he had that recipe. Uh, Five simple ingredients, but it was something that was very endearing to the people of China as she was winning their hearts. Lottie Moon faced a lot of trials, and this is good for us to remember that Lottie Moon was not It was not an easy road for Lottie, although she accomplished great things. The road for any missionary that accomplishes great things is not an easy road. And it's good for us to remember that, that God still accomplishes great things in spite of those. In addition to that, whatever trials we have, God can still work mightily through us. Even in her family, with a lot of loss as a child, with four siblings dying in childhood, One occurred before she was born, but the other three happened during her childhood. Lottie's younger sister that I mentioned before, Edmonia, also served there in Tengchow starting in 1872, but only lasted four years on the field, and she just couldn't take the pressure. The Foreign Mission Board brought her home, and in this search for peace that she just didn't have, her sister, even though she was a missionary, a few years later, after joining the Catholic Church, committed suicide. 
This is her sister, her adult sister, who was just serving on the field with her. Lottie Moon had a lot of trials. This was in 1908 that Edmonia took her life. Lottie Moon had a lot of strengths. One of those strengths that Lottie had was the fact that she was very bold. And Lottie was well known for this. In her main village of Pingtu, as well as other villages, she would stand in public and teach the gospel directly. Of course, there were some back in the States who saw this and were upset, claiming that she was preaching, which we know women shouldn't be preaching, right? But she was not silent on the matter. She replied, if you don't like what I'm doing, then send the men to do better. She advocated for women having a voice in the regular missions meetings that typically were comprised of men. While the women were knitting and sipping on their tea out in the lobby, the men were all gathered together in the missions meeting, and Lottie was more interested in being in the meeting, having a voice in missions policies and things of that nature. One man trying to compliment Lottie actually said that she had the mind of a man. She was more interested in making change. Miss Moon published an article in 1884 that aroused some to discomfort, fearing that Lottie was calling for a role that was too active for women. The Foreign Mission Board even made a statement against the article. This did not stop Lottie Moon. Her reply was, It seems to be the purpose of the committee to relegate me henceforth to the first class of women troublemakers. I distinctly decline from being so relegated. Will you be so kind as to request the board to appropriate the proper sum, say $550, to pay my return to Virginia? On arrival, I will send in my resignation in due form. By God's grace, the Foreign Mission Board did not accept that resignation. Because afterwards, Lottie went on to accomplish great things. But these are the things that Lottie dealt with. This was not an easy road for a woman in the 1800s. Lottie also had some weaknesses. It seems that Lottie also dealt with mild forms of depression, like her sister Edmonia. Thankfully, not to the degree that led to suicide, like her sister, But it's important for us to remember that when we talk about someone who dealt with depression, realistically, they're no different than any of us in here. We all struggle to some degree with depression. I mean, we're not like all on medicine, although some of us might be. We're not all, you know, unable to carry jobs, although people with depression do that. But all of us have anxiety on some level. All of us have depression on some level. And so did these famous missionaries. They often overinflate things in their mind uh, when the situation is really not as bad as it is, which can often hamper them. And that's what Lottie dealt with. When she was serving the women in China um, during the Boxer Rebellion and people were having trouble eating, especially the girls that she was caring for, She was so worried about their starvation, and in her mind, starvation for them was imminent. Now, it was bad, 
But starvation probably was not as imminent as she thought it was. And so she ended up not eating and probably giving her food away so that she wasn't just nice, fat, and round while those she was serving were poor and skinny and starving. But this type of weakness we see in ourselves, you know, where we overinflate things, we worry to a degree that doesn't line up with reality. But this in no way um, brings Lottie down as a woman who accomplished great things. Her heroism is still able to be seen in the way that God used her in many ways. But it's nice to remember that she's a human. It was time for Lottie to come home. And toward the end of her life, the Foreign Mission Board sent Cynthia Miller, who was a nurse, to escort Miss Moon home for some much-needed health care. Even though Lottie fell short of the States and only made it to Kobe, Japan, she indeed made it home that day and died on Christmas Eve, 1912. There on the ship, as she died and the nurse was by her side, she fell into a coma. Probably part of it was because she wasn't eating like she was supposed to. And as she died, she clasped her hands in traditional Chinese fashion and uttered the names of those beloved Chinese people who had already passed on. And um, it was a sad time for the nurse who was with her Um, but she was taken back to the States even though she had already passed on. Lottie Moon had a ton of influence and lasting impact that we even know about today. The Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Everybody knows about that. I don't think most people know that her name's not Lottie, but everyone knows Lottie Moon. And as she served those lonely years in China... Miss Moon was in need of, great need of some time on furlough. But she refused to take the furlough because there was not a replacement. The Foreign Mission Board had no money to send a replacement for her. So she didn't take a furlough. She just stayed there and kept going. In 1887, Lottie suggested that a Christmas offering be taken up to provide funds so that a replacement could be sent to her. And I don't think she was as interested about a respite as she was about a replacement. She cared so much about the people that she wasn't even considering leaving unless the Foreign Mission Board could send someone to replace her. So in 1887, that was her original suggestion In 1888, the newly formed Women's Missionary Union took up the challenge laid out by Lottie Moon. By 1918, the Women's Missionary Union, specifically Annie Armstrong, officially named this offering the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. Today, the International Mission Board, which is the newly formed Foreign Mission Board, Their goal in 2019 is $165 Originally, it was like $2,000 nationally. And they even took out 
um, the Women's Missionary Union even borrowed a little money from the Foreign Mission Board for the postage to get the word out. But this Lottie Moon Christmas offering has grown exponentially. And originally it wasn't even meant to be an annual thing. Lottie just recognized the need in 1887 and recommended a Christmas offering, probably a one-time thing in her mind. The goal here at Fisherville this year is $55,000. The offering objectives for the Lottie Moon Christmas offering is mainly the, what's so unique about this is that 100% of the money goes to the ground. Now, we know that, and that's one of the things as Southern Baptists that we love about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. But I think it's helpful to talk a little bit about what exactly that goes towards. What does it mean for the money to go on the ground? I mean, we know that means it's not for administration. That's good news. But literally, the IMB uses this money for housing, training, education, and health care for the missionaries. This money that we raise every year is so very important and so very vital. But we ask the question, maybe subconsciously, does our giving at the local level really make that big of a difference? $7,500 will provide, $7,500 given, will provide one year of international school. So even us here at Fisherville meeting our $55,000 goal, even if we fell short and only hit $7,500, we're making an impact. They're able to do a one year of international school training for these missionaries. $350 is translation of one Bible story into sign language. That's putting a little bit more weight to the money that we're considering giving at the local level to such a huge, ginormous goal of $165 million. $55 provides two weeks training for one house church leader. $55, I mean, individuals can give that amount of money. So when we subconsciously maybe ask the question, the value of our impact giving to such a large um, mission work, we need to be reminded of these small stats that tells us, yes, our small part can play a major impact, can play a huge role in what the IMB is able to use this Lottie Moon Christmas offering for. And as we study people like Lottie Moon, it's helpful for us to remember our call to the mission work. Lottie Moon recognized her call to go to China, even though she originally didn't like religion. God called her to salvation and ultimately to preach the good news to those in China. And there are three things that we can consider when we think about how God is calling us. First of all, we can give, we can go, or we can send. Starting with giving, our call to mission work, I think everyone's called to give, whether you're a goer or someone who stays here. Those who go and are called to go need money. And I think we have a lot of generous people here at Fisherville. And so I'm challenging us, you know, maybe on a different level tonight, is not praying to the Lord how much or whether or not we should give, but how much to give. Already assuming that we're going to give to great causes like this. 
those who are on the field need replacements. And that also takes money, just like we saw the case with Lottie Moon. There are often workers, but inadequate funds to provide for them. We never want a missionary to be so burnt out because they're unable to get a replacement. And then our call is also to go, Matthew 28, the Great Commission. I mean, whether or not we go internationally or we stay here, the call is to go. And the reason we have the power to do that is because the authority that Jesus has. In Matthew 28, he says, all authority has been given to me. And since him with the authority is now challenging us as his disciples, we can go in confidence, regardless of our weaknesses, regardless of our um, trials that we have in our life. We can go with the authority of Jesus, who will save people. We don't know how. We don't necessarily know how long. But that's an encouraging part of mission work, right? Whether or not we see the fruit physically, or how often we see the fruit, the Lord's word, as Isaiah says, is not returning void. And that's because Jesus has the authority, and he is the one who commissioned us. So some of that, some of you in here, that might mean international missions, long-term or short-term. But don't overlook your mission work here in the States, loving on your neighbors, loving on those who you work with, being intentional with sharing the gospel of Christ, being bold like Lottie Moon, not really caring about what people think. You love people. You're not out to um, make enemies, but at the end of the day, you're more concerned about sharing the gospel with people and them being converted than you are with simply making friends. The last thing on our call to mission work is sending. We recognize those, our family and friends, people here at church, and we recognize that God has blessed certain people to do specific tasks for the mission work. And so we need to empower them financially. We need to empower them by praying, encouraging them as a body, encouraging them as family members um, that, yes, God is calling you to the mission work. And they need to hear that support. Tonight, I want us to think about the missionaries that we support here. Nicholas and G in Germany. The Hurlbits in Utah. Um, who am I missing? I just went blank. Kesevon in Toronto. And then, what was it? What was it? Jonathan, what was the one I'm missing? Scott and Linnell, my friends. Of course, I miss the people I know the most. Scott and Linnell Bailey, who will be going to Papua New Guinea. And specifically, Scott and Linnell will be working with Bible translation. Um, so that's a very unique skill set. And so let's be praying for them. Let's be praying what to give as opposed to whether or not to give. God has provided us with a means in the United States the means of having money. I mean, we are a very wealthy culture. Whether or not you think you're wealthy individually, we have a lot of means to bless people with, specifically missionaries. And that's why Lottie Moon called for that original Christmas offering. What a great time during Christmas to use what God has so richly and blessed us with to give to missionaries who can take the gospel to those who need it most. And Lottie Moon would have known what it means to be wealthy. 
She knew the importance of using wealth of that nature for a great purpose. So let's use the next few minutes as we close just to pray for our missionaries. And we're just going to pray privately. I just want you to pray for those missionaries, praying for specific needs that maybe you know about, things that maybe you don't know about. Um, But just go ahead and take this time to pray for God's work on the mission field and how he would use you as you continue serving him. I'll close us in a word of prayer in a few minutes. Father, thank you for doing a mighty work through ordinary people. Thank you for allowing us to have a history of Lottie Moon, whom you have used mightily. Lord, we thank you for the encouragement that she is a woman, um, a human like we are. And you, you do great things with your people, first of all by saving us and then allowing us to be a testimony and a witness to that gospel that saved us from our sin and despair. Lord, we pray that you would um, show us how to give, how much to give uh, to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, to the work here at Fisherville, um, to those missionaries that we know personally. Lord, financial, uh, financial means are things that are needed, and they are things that you provide. And when we give, we're aiding in your work, and we just... We pray that you would show us how to be a part of that. And Lord, show those here um, their calling specifically, maybe to international missions, or just being faithful in the jobs that you've given us here locally. May we never consider that less of a mission. And Lord, just fill us with your spirit that we may over and over again, day after day, prove the will of God. Lord, you are the God who made everything. You are the God who made the stars. You made the sun. You hold the waters in the palm of your hand. You measure the heavens by the span. You speak and the mountains quake. Everything you do is amazing. Your understanding is inscrutable. 
We praise you for not changing. We praise you for um, your salvific arm through your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Y'all are